I don't think it was ever not the time for content. I mean, human-centric content, certainly, mm. because we're not going to be able to rely on those retargeting engines. So we are going to have to make sure that the content is talking to our audience. This is Digital Marketer. Hey, it's Marky Grass here, and I've got a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your site? Seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully retarget your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. So that means that you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. It might sound too good to be true, but trust me, it works. The CEO, Adam Robinson, is brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for digital marketer listeners. If you go through their easy 30-minute onboarding process and haven't 5X your investment within the first six months, they'll give you all of your money back. To take advantage of the offer, go to getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. That's getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you need to be focused on to the cutting edge tactics and tools that are working today. Right now, I have three special guests, Isaac Mori, Sam Mori, Chris Chastine of Content Cucumber, the geniuses behind Content Cucumber. We just were talking about their growth, and they actually have done 100, 100 million words, which is equal to about 200 warm pieces, as Isaac informed me. So welcome, guys. Welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Great Thanks to be us. here. So if anybody's listened to this before, I talk about content a lot. That's that's kind of where I came from. So I'm always excited to, to talk to other content people. I know you guys have been growing in e-commerce and, and marketing agencies specifically. So I thought we could kind of talk about some of the more technical aspects of content creation and kind of where AI and machine learning have come into the space. And also just the, the age-old debates in content marketing, which is quantity versus quality. To get things started, why don't we just talk just a little bit about the kind of what you guys do, what your software does. Yeah, so Content Cucumber, the, the primary service we offer to our clients is working with a pro writer. And, you know, we have clients in all kinds of different spaces that we pair up with talented, creative people who help them kind of tell their story, you know, bring visitors to their site, all that good stuff. And on top of that, we're working on developing some software solutions that make content creation easier, faster, better, et cetera. Love that. Well, I think we, you know, just, just to launch things off, one of the things you said before the show was just the the quality versus quantity debate is starting to switch. I've always been an advocate of, of quantity, primarily because none of the pieces I spend a lot of time on end up doing well. And the little crappy ones that I spend 10 minutes on like blow up and it makes me really upset. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about that switch. So you were saying that the quality is actually going to start, you know, everybody's going to have to start up leveling. Yeah. Actually, it's funny that you say that the piece that you spent 10 minutes on did well, because 
a lot of times you aren't the one who chooses what's quality. It's the person who reads it. It's the person who exactly. finds it. It's the person who does. So you're not the one who decides <laughs> what quality even is. So that definitely makes things complicated when we're talking about it. Cause when people hear quality, they think, uh, you know, Oh, I need to spend a lot of time on this, but yeah. quality doesn't always mean time quality. A lot of times means value. Mm, so that's a good distinction. Yeah. So if you think of content, it's almost like, there's so much content being produced out there. It's almost like, like how much grain is being produced. And there's just like so much grain that each, like each ounce of grain is getting cheaper and cheaper just because there's so much of it being produced. Mm -hmm. So the thing that's going to perform the best is the thing that has the greatest value. The thing that has like, you know, I guess if we're using grain, we could say the one that has the most nutritional value. So it's like, what is it that I can take from this and actually provide value to my audience? So a lot of that, to me, comes down to looking at what is it that people actually need to know that people aren't talking about? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times what we do in the SEO world and a lot of the different content world is we're like, well, what's working? And let's just do what everyone else is doing and hope we can do mm -hmm. it better. And instead, we should go and say, okay, well, what is, what's no one talking about that maybe we should be talking about? And then start from there and that's going to be more successful. I, I love that. Well, and just while we're on, on the topic of the, the quality kind of discussion, how do you define that in terms of the different media types? So you have the written, which I know you guys are experts in, and then you have the video. And now we're starting to see podcasting or audio is what I call it coming up in there. So how do you come up with those quality topics for each one of those different media? Or is it the same process? That's a great question. It really depends on what that platform is used most for. Like, you know, you look at YouTube, people are looking at YouTube because they want to learn a new skill. They want to learn to make themselves better at something. So just like what skills aren't being talked about on Google, a lot of times it's, you know, and Isaac can talk to this about like finding the right products, the right product fit. So on Google, it's maybe more product fit because that's the higher intent. That's where you're going to get the greatest value as the creator. And then on podcasting, that's not really more of my forte, but I know that the podcasts that are something that you want to listen to the next episode and the next episode mm. and the next episode tend to tend to do well there. But you probably know more about that than I would. Yeah, I've, I've done done a few podcasts. I won't call myself an expert. If you talk to Cosm and Ralph over at Perpetual Traffic, those are the the experts, I would say. And actor or producer, he's awesome. So for the, you know, just let's just talk about production then. I usually try to, you know, I don't like to say dumb things down, but simplify things to be like, hey, bare minimum one thing a day. If you want to be a hot topic, you got to aim for five a day. And then I, I have these kind of graduating scale of, of content platform goals. How do you guys kind of tell people about that? Like how much do they need to make? Because I'm sure that's a question you get all the time. Yeah, I mean, that really depends on what it is that you're talking about and who it is you're talking to. And so where you're talking, that definitely changes yeah. my platform because <laughs> for sure, you know, TikTok, you probably want to publish all the time. But if you're on, you know, with, with blogs, I think our most ambitious customers are publishing once a day. And I think, you know, that that's a pretty solid place to start. Nice. I like that. Now, let's just talk about e-commerce because we we actually just did e-commerce certification a couple months back with uh, Scott Cunningham and Socialite. So e-commerce is a hot topic for us. And I know you guys serve a lot of e-commerce. So in the e-commerce space, which is, you know, the product, that's the content. Talk about the product. How do you guys say like, okay, here's what you should be aiming for in terms of 
of the words. Well, for long form, like articles, the thing that's performing best now is like 1500 words. And for product descriptions, it depends on the product. Like if you're selling something extremely complicated, like say you're selling graphics cards, those type of people want a lot more information. So you need to have longer product descriptions. But if you're selling something like glasses, like that's not going to be as long, you know, maybe 800 words or something. So it, it, it depends on the product. But the more complicated the product, probably the more content is going to be more successful. And this is where technology comes back into the picture too, because with content intelligence tools, you can get a feel for what you need to be producing in different industries. For example, like you can get recommendations from different tools that tell you, you know, shoot for 2000 words with this article or Hmm. shoot for 400 words with this article. Okay. So is it more topic specific? Topic to topic, it can definitely vary for sure. But like Chris said, 1500 words for a, a long form article, like a regular blog article, I think is a, mm-hmm. a pretty good place to shoot for. Awesome. So of the, the 100 million words that you guys have helped create, where is most of it? Is it in that type of like, uh, you know, say website content, static evergreen content, or is it more topical and, you know, so on and so forth? I, I would say mostly topical ever, like topical blog posts and in those kinds of longer form range. We definitely do help out with things like, uh, you know, sometimes LinkedIn posts might be just a few dozen words, but those also don't rack up your word count as quickly. So I think most of the words we've done are definitely in those longer form blogs. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, but you don't just help with the blogs. Really, what we specialize in is creating engaging written content and and sometimes you know particular clients will want to publish that on a platform like linkedin while others are often just putting it on their wordpress and kind of bulking up their website that way nice okay so a lot of the machine learning does go into analyzing uh, like linkedin content posts and which topics are hot there specifically or or just across the web as well with Different tools, you can see, for example, how many, like, I guess, what what keywords are ranking well in your industry or, you know, what you should be shooting for, where the opportunity and the low-hanging fruit is in terms of blog topics. Mm-hmm. And there's platforms that will analyze social media, and there's also ones that will just, like, crawl the web. Okay, so so is the, the kind of data collection is a big part of it versus having an AI write your next book? Because you see those ads all the time. Where it's like, oh, you don't have to write at all. Jarvis is going to do 99% of the work for you. Yeah, I think one day those promises could come true, but it's certainly going to be a long, gradual process, more so than something that happens overnight. I think, for example, you might find AI helping writers to gather topics or to, you know, maybe then further in the future build an outline. But I think creating a whole article that is actually insightful and, you know, complete in and of itself and doesn't need a human editor. I think we're, we're still a ways off from that, much less a novel. That's like, good news. <laughs> I, I think it'll be a while before AI is writing the next war in peace. Nice. Yeah, I like that because I, I have talked to people who are like, oh, well, I made a program that could write your next lead magnet in five minutes. I'm like, what? <laughs> How? How is that possible? Unless you took a bunch of content and mushed it together. Maybe now there's no way that would make sense. So that's good. So humans still have to make the content. That's good news. So employing the AI and the machine learning, is it really to just analyze the content or specifically just to find the topics that you should be talking about? You you can certainly do both. You you can find topics. There's 
you know, a, a plethora of tools for SEO research and things like that, where you can identify things that you should be talking about. And you can also run tools that will tell you how well your your article is going to perform. So can tell you things like compared to other articles that are performing well, what's the readability level on this article? You know, what what's the keyword density, et cetera, and, and predict, you know, maybe how well an article is going to do and also prescribe things that you can change in that article to make it perform better. Gotcha. So for that's good to talk about marketing agencies now, because I know you guys work with a ton of marketing agencies. Do they actually hire you guys to start creating the individual articles and then you just hand them to them? Or how's the, the actual content creation process work? Yeah, so this actually ties into some of the technology that we're looking to develop. So when you're in a space like you're a marketing agency or you're an SEO tool and you're looking to like outsource content writing, you'll find that like, especially if you're a sizable agency, that content, the amount of content that you need written becomes pretty large, pretty fast. Like there's companies that are doing over a hundred thousand words a month. And that, that relationship becomes pretty hard to manage and pretty time consuming when you're talking about writing, you know, article after article every single day. So what we're creating here is a platform for SEO software tools for marketing agencies that have a lot of content that they need to outsource so that they can basically interface with our service in kind of a programmatic way so that they can you know request orders to us through an API and automate that kind of relationship. Nice. I love that. My goal was always like, how do I get the small business owner to create the content? Because they're the content expert. They know what the trends are. They know their industry. You know, for me, I was working a lot of healthcare. Like, I'm not a doctor. I should not write your doctor article about health stuff because I'm not a doctor. I don't know how to fix a broken bone. <laughs> and even if I did, I'm still not a doctor. So how do you kind of connect those individual companies that are serving, say, a specific industry with the people who should be writing the content? Or is that even necessary? So we we keep a pretty versatile team, people with different backgrounds and, and studies and, and previous work history. And then if we ever do run across something that's so high tech or, you know, so complicated, every once in a while, we'll refer out a really specific topic that we just don't have the capability to handle. For the most part, I think it's hiring people who know how to do the job. And that goes with, you know, whether you're hiring someone in-house or a freelancer or an agency, really. It's also going to depend on like the amount of participation that the client wants in that relationship mm-hmm. with us, because we get it all across the board. There are some clients that are like, here are some vague ideas about content, create the topics, create the articles, write the whole thing. And there are some people that will, you know, think about every single sentence with the writer. Yeah, well, I think for... You know, for the stuff that we usually talk about, like, are you trying to hit the 95% of people who don't know anything about the subject, which is what you see, like howto.com and and things like that. Like, they're just making stuff for the masses versus, you know, the industry-specific, complicated, you know, more advanced topics that have to be run by an expert because they're for experts. Do you guys kind of break down, like, you know, you should be targeting the small group or you should be targeting the big group for your topics? And how much of each? I mean, again, that really depends on what industry you're in. But I would say the more you can figure out who your you know, target profile client is or your avatar is. Customer, customer avatar. So if you've, if you've defined that customer avatar very clearly, 
then sometimes like, yeah, there's going to be some information that you're going to have to have really nailed down. But a lot of times those can be like your white pages or like copy on your website that describes oh. from the professional what they're doing. But the articles can be about things that you know that those people like to do. So I'm trying to think of it. Like, say you're talking about construction. There's some really complicated product. Well, construction people also like, they look for different tools. They look for like new mm. trucks. They look for stuff like that. So you can, all, like for some of our construction companies, we're not talking about how to do a really complicated job. But instead we're like, you know, what are the best trucks for hauling lumber or like just mm. basic things that we know that those people will also be looking for because you're whoever your customer avatar is, they're not just looking for what you're talking about. They're looking for a lot of different things. And if they find you along that journey for something else, they're also going to think, Oh, what are these people up to? So there's mm. a lot of different ways to approach that. I definitely, in my experience as an editor, see more clients go towards the side of assuming that their audience has a lot of specific knowledge about what they do because their service or their product is so familiar to them that mm -hmm. they kind of approach writing about it or creating content about it in, in a way where they assume that other people know as much or are as passionate about those things as they are. And so mm -hmm. I think more often than not, if you're creating content or if you're working with someone to create your content, I would say keep the topics to a slightly wider audience of people who are looking to, you know, understand the basics and maybe a few specific interesting things about your product or service or industry rather than going like super high tech. Like it's something mm -hmm. you're going to present to someone else in your you know, Especially if the industry. purpose of your content is to bring people in from those mm -hmm. like outside fringes. So I mean, sometimes content is going to be dear, like geared towards people who are like very niche in that industry. But a lot of the times what you want to do is do outreach and pull people in. So writing on like more familiar topics to the lay person is definitely always a good idea. To use Sorry. your doctor analogy, I think it's like talking about how to clean a simple cut or like how to how to do some basic you know some basic piece of home care that you might need to do and, and then bringing in clients or patients in this case like i've definitely seen some private clinics like dermatology write articles in order to bring people to their website the same way any other company would and what they'll usually do is, you know, talk about very simple things. How do I, you know, how often should I be putting on sunscreen? You know, should I be worried about this mole, which the answer mm -hmm. is, you know, I usually come on in. See a doctor. Um, but they're, yeah, see a doctor. Exactly. Like, you're not going to tell them what the answer is, but you can say, like, no, if you're worried about this, you should go see a doctor. If yeah. you have, you know, a sunburn, you should put on aloe vera, like simple things like that, that people who are their potential patients are going to be searching for. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, so for, for the connection between content and say the funnel. So we always, at content marketing or the content certification we're making, we're saying, okay, content is your top of funnel. So this is where people get started, but how does that content relate to the funnel itself and the final product that you're trying to sell in the first place? Do you guys look at content that way? Or is it more like content is a awareness play? Like you're getting your expertise, you're establishing expertise, establishing authority, gain your brand out there. Like that's all awareness type stuff versus, you know, how does this individual article convert into the coaching program I'm selling because I'm a, you know, marketing coach or the bike I'm trying to sell. 
you know, this week because it's our most popular bike and it's our intro product. When people learn about bikes, they go to this bike. Do you guys make that direct connection between the individual pieces of content and what it's supposed to sell? The smaller the customer, the more conversion focused it will be because we typically find that the Fortune 500 customers are really just looking for brand awareness. They're looking for everyone to know what they're talking about. And the small businesses, they're looking to make sure and sell that bike or sell that course or sell whatever it is. So in those smaller, the like SMB space, we're definitely thinking about that in the way of like from, from higher level. Yeah, that's top funnel. Hmm. So to answer your question for SMBs, yeah, definitely. Fortune 500s are typically a little bit different. They just are yeah. in kind of world, but, but like, those hey, SMBs for sure. Here's a half million dollars. Like, yeah, make some stuff. i need some hits like you know it's it is two different worlds but at the end of the day you got to sell ten thousand widgets and how does this piece of content that you spent an hour on contribute to this goal of selling ten thousand widgets yeah widgets is a great thing for everyone to make sure their product descriptions are awesome i think that that is forgotten a lot of times but like your pro like your product descriptions and your product page is like one of the most important things. And, you know, if you talk to anyone who does like conversion uh, rate optimization, they're all going to kind of talk about product pages and stuff like that. But yeah, making sure that those those product descriptions are also as good as a blog at ranking on, on Google and things like that too. Hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time, we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. Awesome. So let's talk, you know, just SEO in general, because there's always some kind of, you know, in terms of content, you have content that's created for SEO, where you're talking to bots, essentially. And then there's content that's created for humans, where you're trying to go viral on social media, you're trying to really insert yourself into a topic that everybody's talking about. Do you guys make that distinction? Or do you kind of just mush it together into one process? I love this topic, because... The, the entire point of Google's algorithm is to try and figure out what it is that humans want. Hmm. So the top, like the more you talk to the people who your content is valuable to, the more Google's going to eventually figure out that you're top, you're like you're the one that's right. Like, so if you're talking to bots, you're talking to like this version of that bot and they're continuously just trying to figure out how to make it as relevant to humans as possible. 
So the bot's goal in the end for Google specifically is to make it as relevant to the person searching for that thing as possible. So the better it gets, the more it's going to actually seem more like a human. So yeah, and on that, because like when you're playing the SEO game and you're writing for these machines like developed by Google or Microsoft or Amazon, these search engines, they're going to be constantly improving upon those machines as time goes on. So not only is it important now, but you're going to see it get more and more important as time goes on to make really quality content. And I mean, that's what we've seen in the industry uh, in the past 10 years, 20 years, and just more and more quality focused. And I think it's just going to keep going that direction because it's fundamentally built on these companies creating updates and developing these search machines. To add one more thing, it's a little before our time as a company, but I've heard legends that back in the 90s, you could just put like in white text against a white background, yeah. your keyword like a thousand times and you would be at the top you of, exactly, you just be at the top the cloud. Of, like the next day, yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, no, that's gone better than that. But sometimes you'll, you'll write a piece and it just like it's page one, rank number one. And you're like, I don't know how that happened. I didn't do anything different. It just magically appeared. And so, I mean, how do you guys explain that to your clients when that does or doesn't happen? Well, I think that even Google engineers are going to struggle to tell you exactly why it doesn't happen. Um, I, so. I picture the big orb from Westworld. Like Google has the Westworld brain somewhere and they're like, I don't know what it does. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure for some of it, that's a little true. I think yeah. when it does happen, it's like wonderful, great. And when it doesn't, it's you know a little disappointing. But at the end of the day, content is kind of a long game in the sense that mm. like sam said it can become more and more valuable over time and it's something that you build up over time so you know i think if you're if you write a piece and it shows up on the front page that's fantastic but if you don't don't get discouraged if you keep at it and keep making great content over time you'll see results yeah i love that well i think that's that's the real goal with content good stuff that people like that prove your worth before you have to spend money to convince people in the meantime. Yeah. Because there's always that debate between paid ads and that. And, and I think for most people, it's, yeah, well, now it's it's an evener play, playing field, I think. Because before it was, you had the analytics on the paid traffic side where it was like, oh yeah, we're going to capture everything. Now you know who your customer is. Now you could retarget them and that, you know all the other stuff happens. Now all that gets wiped away with privacy law change and iOS changes. And, you know, it's kind of, it's thrown everything off. But I think for the content, content's pretty much, I mean, it's not the exact same, but do you guys feel like now's the time for content because now the playing field is even as it's been since the dawn of digital marketing? I don't think it was ever not the time for content. I'm going to be honest with you on that one. But yeah, I mean, human-centric content, certainly, mm. because we're not going to be able to rely on those retargeting engines and things like that. So we are going to have to make sure that the content is talking to our audience. So defining your customer avatar is more important than ever and really figuring out exactly who they are and making sure you find all the topics that they're interested in and not just the topics that you specialize in. That's because, tricky. Yeah, it is tricky. But the, the better you define that avatar, you know, like Lululemon did an excellent job of that with their, what do they say, like 35-year-old woman who works yeah. out and likes starbucks or something and they just got like super specific about it and they're like oh well we know that they hang out at starbucks so we need to Appeal put a store yeah make sure that our store locations are close to starbucks <laughs> stuff 
you know, it's just like things that you might not think about where it's like, oh, well, if we know enough about our audience, then we're going to be able to to talk to them about things that other people who are competing against us aren't talking about. And we do that. A lot. If you look through our blog, you can see on like Conti Cucumbers blog, we do that a lot where we talk mm-hmm. about tons of things that don't sound even closely relevant to what we do. But the reason we're doing that is because we know that those avatars are looking for content like that. Mm. Now that, that makes a ton of sense. Well, and I think for, you know, the customer avatar part, because we have in that e-com cert that I was talking about, it, we call them Lake Dad Daryl. And it actually showed like, hey, here's the before image of Lake Dad Daryl. And the, the specifically it was for, I forget the name of the company, but it was like a sports, lake sports type company. So they said, oh, before he, he his kids hate him because he has crappy stuff and he doesn't want to go to the lake. And now he's missing time with his kids because his stuff is lame. And then here's Lake Dad Daryl when he's doing things right. And by the end of the story, you're like, oh, man, I'd like to meet Lake Dad Daryl. Like, that's an interesting story. And then you realize, no, it's just a made up thing. So you know how to target this guy. <laughs> and now here he is. Would he like this thing? And so I think that's that's a very important part, just knowing your customer and turning that switch because it's, it's hard as a marketer because you're always writing your copy. You're always building your funnels to get people down the path and blah, blah, blah. And you, you lose sight of like, okay, it's not about my product. It's not about my features. It's not about me, me, me. It's about this person I'm trying to help. And what are they going through? And what do they think? So for you guys, how do you, how do you turn people's mind to like, hey, customer-centric you know centric versus feature-centric or product-centric? Well, it all starts with, for us and our avatar, we start with Jimmy the Jet and Sally the Starter. I liked how you yeah. had an example. So we also have our own avatars with our own names. And Sally the Starter is someone who started a company. The company's starting to grow. She doesn't have enough time to write the content anymore. Jimmy the Jet's a marketer who works at another company who wants to scale their marketing. So we just kind of developed our own avatars in that way. And we share that with people. And we we try to encourage our clients to also do the same thing in building those avatars. Nice. Love that. Cool. Well, I, I think this has been super informative. It's always, like I said, neat to talk about content with content guys. So for you guys, what, what is Content Cucumber and how can you help? For us, we talked to a lot of agencies. So how can you help marketing agencies? Well, we hire awesome writers and we do that in a really scalable way. So that whether we're writing articles, you know, every day for an e-commerce brand or whether we're writing dozens of articles a day for an agency... We have writers who know their stuff and who can make your job easier. And, and that's basically what Content Cucumber offers. Nice. It sounds so simple. <laughs> so where can people find out more about you guys and, you know, get your service or do you have a trial or anything like that? Yeah, you can check us out at contentcucumber.com or just Google Content Cucumber and, you know, the SEO gods will take care of the rest. Ah, there you go. <laughs> proof, proof of a concept, right? You should show off if you like a content cucumber. Thank you so much, guys. I know I put you on the spot with a, a few questions. I, I tend to not pre-write these just so everybody knows. That way it's all fresh and I get the, the real answers from you guys. So you, yeah. yeah, thanks for having us. I think that quality versus quantity stuff is very interesting. Well, I loved your definition of quality because it's it, people do. They're like, well, lots of work equals quality. And that's not true at all. No, it's, no. <laughs> well, actually, it's the opposite. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it goes back. It's funny because it go. There's like this little story that I think it was like Harvard Business School or something. It actually might not have been Harvard, but someone did a study 
and they had one group create one ceramic pot and then one group create a hundred over a month. Mm -hmm. And they had professional ceramic people judge those ceramics. And the top 10 were all from the people who created a hundred. Not a single one was from the one didn't, didn't even. The one didn't. Yeah. By the experts of blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's always like cool quality usually does come from doing qu- like quantity which is kind of yeah. weird but well one you perfect your craft <laughs> yeah and, and two you just have that many more opportunities to to like speak to what people are really looking for like if i practice one song on piano for 10 years i might be pretty good at that song but if i learn 10,000 songs over 10 years you'll be better I'm, at all of them i'm gonna be like a virtuoso all right guys well thank you so much for being on and i thank you so much for the audience for listening be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release please share this with that friend who is clueless about digital marketing and don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses certifications and training programs thanks again everyone and we'll see you next time this is digital marketing Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up, because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.